KCNS FM Colville. KCNS AM Salt Lake City. Live from the Carrier HVAC Zone Studios. This is 97.5 1280 The Zone. And the Zone Sports Network. Turn to the experts. Carrier. Our next guests are the co-hosts of the very popular radio program entitled The Big Show. The Big Show. This is The Big Show. They call me Hollywood. Here come The Big Show. Big Show. show. Ladies and gentlemen, The Big Show. It's a big show. Is everybody ready? Monday, Monday. Just another manic Monday. Let's get rolling. This is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Happy Monday. Welcome in. It is The Big Show, 97.5, 1280 The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network, your exclusive radio home of the Utah Jazz. I'm not Gordon Monson, and I'm not Jake Scott, and uh, I've never been more grateful to be neither of them because I get to sit here with you today. I'm Austin Horton filling in. Jake uh, welcoming his second daughter to the world, and Gordon is doing things far less honorable, but he'll be back tomorrow. Joining me for this hour, though, is, uh, dare I say, my mentor in certain aspects of my world. Patrick Kinahan, nice enough to join me for the 2 o'clock hour. Hi, PK. Well, uh, 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 hi, Austin. How was your weekend? What is that? What are you doing? My Gordon Gordon impression. Oh, that's, I mean, (laughs) (laughs) Gordon's impression, that's pretty good. He starts each show out, though, PK, by giving us a weather report. Uh, it's it's a kind of overcast. I prefer it to be a little warmer. <laughs> Jazz had 21 turnovers against the Raptors, so that's well, how he I goes. Hope, it, hope it's warm wherever he is, and I hope uh, <laughs> Jake and Little Aquisha are doing just fine. <laughs> I, I hadn't heard that they landed on a name. That's news to me, Aquisha. Aquisha? How do yeah, you spe- yeah, yeah. How are you spelling Aquisha? With an A? An L, a Q. Oh, Laquisha. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah, we're, this is Utah, man. you got to have a lot in front of it. <laughs> There's got to be an E-I-G-H in the middle somewhere, I think. That's the rules. There you go, yeah. Uh, we have jazz tickets, PK, to give away tonight. Pretty cool. We have a four-pack, a four-pack, and a two-pack. So everyone stay tuned in. Uh, we're going to try to give those That's out throughout the show. i got a six-pack. No, you don't have that. Uh, although you probably, if anyone on, on staff, you might have a six-pack. People don't know this about PK. He runs like 19 miles a day. He is a running fiend. <laughs> He, and he eats these little health cardboard-tasting health bars, and we need to get you a pack of Built Bars, man. We need to fix that. And mint chocolate for my buddies? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and the coconut almond tastes like an almond joy. Absolutely. Uh, my uh, favorite is the uh, white chocolate cookies and cream. I've never had one. You have? Oh, I'll bring one for you. That's the other thing is you and I have not seen each other in over a year now. So uh, we got, we'll, we'll, we'll get back to that pretty soon, I'm hoping. Now, you mentioned that you hope wherever Gordon is, it's sunny. Am I a bad person or am I a bad friend? Because every time any of you or anybody I know that I love and respect goes on vacation and I have to stay back and work, 
I get a little petty and a little jealous, and as they leave, I say, have the time of your life, and I hope it rains. Is that wrong? Is that a wrong wish? Well, do you hope that all of his cars break down? And No, I said I hope he has the time of his life and that it rains. But, it, but you can't if you're going to go uh, on vacation. Normally it's outside and, <laughs> and doing things that are fun, and, and you're, it requires decent weather most of the time. Now, that's all about attitude at that point. I can't control someone's attitude. If it's raining, you, you can make the best of it or you can make the worst of it. Uh, not if you go to the beach. Sure. The beach no. is lovely when it rains. No, it isn't. Yeah, because yeah, if you want uh, nobody on either side for 20 miles. There you go. There's a plus. Yeah, I like well, your thinking there. Uh, you know, I think positively. <laughs> so I, I, I hope he had a good time on vacation, but I hope it was inclement weather. I really don't care. Okay, we'll <laughs> move right along, right along from that then. Uh, you guys had a rip-roaring show, show this morning from 6 to 10. Uh, later in the show, I'm going to ask you uh, about – uh, something Steve Cleveland said, which, by the way, Steve Cleveland is – this is not the right way to put it. He's not a sneaky good guest. But I think I think if people are out there hearing Steve Cleveland going, why are they having a college basketball guy on? No, 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 no. Steve Cleveland is a basketball guy who happened to make the most of his career at the college level as a coach. Doesn't mean that he does not bring the goods on the pro level because every week he tells you guys something that I raise an eyebrow and go, ha. Ah, Hadn't thought of it that way or hadn't thought of that specific thing. So I'll run that by you in a little okay. bit. Okay, look forward to it. Steve Cleveland's a good guy. I've known him for 25 years now. Amazing. Have you ever just shown up at his house unannounced like you did no. to Norm Chow? Uh, no, I did show up to Norm Chow's house unannounced. <laughs> There's. <laughs> so you're, you're closer to Norm than you are, or at least you were until you showed up unannounced than you are to Steve Cleveland? Uh, well, we were having Norm on. Uh, and uh, I like to stay in Manhattan Beach. I have a really good friend there, uh, and uh, I know that no, that's where Norm lives. So it was Saturday morning. I figured, what else would he be doing but sitting around <laughs> waiting for me? Very accommodating, too. Brought us in, brought his wife down. We had a lovely conversation for probably an hour or two. Wow. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. That's, that is a cordial fella for you to just show up, and he says, ah, come, come in for an hour. That's pretty nice. Uh, before we dive into the split story, though, your Lakers, PK, are you worried? Are you concerned at all about your Lakers? How much stock do I have in them? I, I'm not sure. What are oh, you up to now? My Lakers, uh, they went away <laughs> when, when I moved out of the uh, area in 1993. I loved watching that team, although all the people that I worked with in the sports department would tell you that I was against the Lakers because I used to like to needle them and have fun. That was tough because they were a great team. That doesn't that sound like you at all. Magic and, and all of his uh, friends there, they really played entertaining basketball. Sure, I think you can make a strong argument that the Lakers are in trouble. They're certainly in trouble right now in the immediacy. There's no doubt sure. about it. But mm-hmm. none of that matters if they have success in the postseason. But right now, it doesn't look like they're trending towards success in the postseason. LeBron is supposed to be out resting today. And, you know, Malone was indestructible, and then he got old. Hmm. And he missed that one. He got injured in his last season and uh, just could never get it together. And LeBron is – now he's a few years younger. Carl was older at the time. But LeBron now, 36 years old, a ton of minutes on the NBA floors internationally, just all the people tugging at him. And plus he's got a country to lead, so that's difficult too. (laughs) (laughs) 
so. <laughs> you troll. <laughs> well, when uh, you, you factor caught me in, off guard there. <laughs> when you factor in all the stuff, you know, at some point it's going to hit him, right? He can't go on. He's just an animal on the basketball floor. I mean, he is one heck of a player. You want to argue he's the greatest of all time? I've got no problem with that, man. Because he is just the ultimate beast on the floor. He's just an incredible player. But it's going to end. And there's going to be decay. And it may be like like Tiger. Did Tiger lose his mental edge and all that? No. What happened was the body broke down. And aside from the off the floor or off the course stuff in this case, because when he was doing all that nonsense, he was winning tournaments left and right. So I don't know how much of a deal that was. But the body broke down. And once it broke down, it seemed like, you know, when you got to get a new car uh, and his thing. I mean, I'm just putting more money into it, and it's not worth it, right? So I don't know if it's now, but comes back, hurts himself. They're 0-2 since he's been back. They lost to Toronto after Toronto's going back-to-back, pushed right to the wire, or they pushed the Jazz to the wire, and then they lose. They get run off the floor, basically. So you put all that stuff together. And right now, it's not looking too good for the Lakers. Now, that doesn't mean they can't get it together because they still have some time. They're running out of time as far as getting it together in time for the regular season. But I'm still not going to rule out LeBron until I actually see him lose four games in the mm. postseason. Yeah, that's. I mean, I, I make that mistake every year, and it's a little different. But I make that mistake every year with Tom Brady where I go, okay, this that was it for him. He can't do it again. And then he just freaking does it again. Uh, you can't. LeBron, I think, is in that same store, that same uh, category. That until he's knocked out, you kind of have to bet on him not getting knocked out. Yeah, it's going to happen at some point. I don't know if it's going to happen now because he has been just a phenomenal basketball player. It's been a lot of fun as a basketball fan to watch him play and do his thing. But at some point, it's going to catch up to him. It does to everybody, and and maybe it's now. Maybe we're seeing a little crack in uh, what's going on. He can't be invincible forever because he's certainly been invincible for so many years now. Well, we've got some great guests coming up uh, on the show today. We've got Chris Mannix from Sports Illustrated at 4. We've got Josh Edwards to talk NFL draft from CBS at 4.30. You'll hear from Derek Favors. Gordy Chiesa will stop by, and PK is here with me now. Let's dive in to the split story. Brian produced, produced him for us today. Hit that open, buddy. Two guys, two topics, two, two, two. two opinions. Two. Utah, give me two. This is the split story of the day on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Jazz get the hard-fought win over the Toronto Raptors 106-102 on, what was that, Saturday. Uh, I actually had the privilege to produce the radio broadcast that night, PK, and it was, it's funny because I'm, I'm here every day producing behind the glass for a radio show, but then the broadcast is like a completely different animal, and I feel like I've never done it before, even though I've done it probably 40, 50, 60 times. Uh, but it was so much fun to hear the difference in the sound inside this building compared to the rest of the, the season because they were up to 6,900 people that they let in uh, to the arena on Saturday. That's good news for those who feel that home court advantage means something in the playoffs. 
I don't know if it does this season, but the Jazz had a lot of, in my opinion, a lot of opportunities for built-in excuses or reasons to fold and, and lose that game to Toronto on, on Saturday PK, and they fought through it. They fought tough. Bojan Bogdanovic had a really good game. Jordan Clarkson was giving you some good stuff again, and Rudy Gobert was all over the place. Joe Ingles, your guy, he looks like he looks like he needs a nap in the absolute worst way, and yet he simultaneously is playing solid, consistent basketball for the Utah Jazz. I don't know how you felt about that game, PK. It is the Toronto Raptors who are uh, a second away from being eliminated from the uh, playoff playing tournament, but uh, with four games and six nights and the way things have been going, I was impressed with the Jazz not giving up in that game and, and fighting to get that win. Uh, yeah, but I expect that. That's minimal for me. You better try hard. That's what I expect. So uh, if you want to pat him on the back for that, that's fine. But that's what you should be doing every game. I thought the defensive effort in the second half was as good as I've seen it in a good while. I really appreciated their defensive effort in locking down the Kyle Lowry-less Raptors. So, uh, And I realize the Jazz are without two guys, but that's a nice uh, opportunity for the Jazz to get a victory, and they did that. The great thing about it, is that in a basketball team and really any type of company or whatever group, there's a pecking order, right? You've got your leaders, and then everybody fills in and does his or her role in whatever the thing is. Well, they've got some real good guys to be able to do that. And so Mitchell and Conley are out. So Bogdanovich needs to, instead of being a second or third scorer, he needs to be the first scorer. And he was. And, of course, Rudy, as long as Rudy's there, he's always going to be doing what he does and just being a, just so difficult down below and getting to the basket with him defensively. We already know that and the winning that he produces, that's there, and that's a great thing to have. But everybody needs to raise their game a little bit more, and they did that. Bogdanovich, he was in a slump earlier this season. Now he's starting to make some shots and, in the process, driving the ball to the basket. Don't just put your head down and run through people. If you got a lane, go ahead and take advantage of it. If you can post somebody up, but don't do it recklessly if it's not there. Mm. And so everybody moved up uh, a peg or two, and that was good to see. And you even get a kid like Forge who hasn't played much uh, move up and do a thing and make a contribution to the game and to the victory. And that's nice because I'm not so sure at this point now that I'm caught up in the seating. When it comes to health – there's no question I'm going health now that we're right at the end. It's important for this team to have its health. Obviously, every team can say that, who's going to be in the postseason. But particularly the Jazz, who've had a phenomenal regular season. It's most important to have it, their health. Now, with that in mind, though, you don't want to just totally crash and burn going into the postseason because you have enough talent to beat some of these teams. Now, you don't have enough talent to beat the Suns at the Suns' full strength, essentially, minus Jay Crowder, if you don't have Conley and Mitchell. All right, we understand that. But there's no reason why you don't have enough talent to beat that version of the Kings that were out there, why you don't have enough talent to beat that version of the Raptors, why you don't have enough talent to beat the Spurs, who last night were in uh, San Antonio and went into overtime and have to fly out here and all that stuff. So you should be able to win some of these games with the guys that you have. You're not going to beat the top teams unless you have all your guys. Then you got a shot. Everybody needs to step up, and I saw that, and I think that was what 
what's been encouraging, minus that Phoenix game, because that was a bad game right from the start. But the Raptor game, have everybody move up a level or two, and they did that. Let's talk about Bojan Bogdanovic, because there's been plenty of weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth this season about his play. There's some that have said, oh, he must not be all the way back from that wrist injury. Others have had flats given up on him and said he can't play anymore. And then you see him, as you mentioned, as you noted, over the last uh, four or five games without Donovan Mitchell, he's averaging 23 points uh, in that game against Toronto, 34 points, 6 of 11 from 3, an effective field goal percentage of just under 70. And uh, his last three games, 24, 22, and 34 points, all while shooting the ball really, really well, and getting to the free throw line. What is why, why, did, why the change for Bogdanovich now that there's no Donovan and Mike Conley? Is it simply that he's getting the ball more? What do you think? Yeah, he talked about that, how he's going to have more touches, as they say. I think that he knew for a while there the shot wasn't falling, so how can I contribute? Everybody wants to contribute. doesn't matter what team, what company. Everybody wants to feel like, when their work day is over or when their game is over, they made some type of contribution. Obviously, a Donovan Mitchell and a Gobert are going to be required to win at the highest level. You're going to get, you're going to need major contributions. So, with those guys playing so well earlier, he wasn't in terms of making shots. And we saw him. What what can I do? The shooting, by his own acknowledgement, was the worst slump he's ever been in. And he's a 33-year-old guy, I think, maybe a year or two younger, 31, I'm not sure. But he is a known shooter, and what he's best at, it wasn't happening. Well, he's got other skills, too. He just doesn't need to stand at the three-point line. And so he obviously thought, all right, until this shot comes back, which I believe he believed it would, and it has, he's too good, too many years to have it just go away forever, not happening. So figured out other ways to contribute. You know, he's got decent size, and as long as he's not reckless uh, going into the lane mm-hmm. and not getting the ball stripped and whatnot and be more cognizant of that, just to put your head down and barrel through. You're not a fullback trying to get a first down here. <laughs> you know, you have to have some uh, opportunity to get some space, and you can do it, and you can get your shot up. And you've got enough cred in the league that you're going to get the foul. I mean, we can say, oh, a foul's a foul. Ref should referee honestly and evenly. You know, I understand all that, and I think they try to. But somebody who's a veteran guy that they're aware of is going to get the benefit of the doubt. Zion Williamson was talking about the other night, that very thing. You know, he's only in his second year. The respect will come, and he'll find himself at the free throw line more as he gets older, and he will because referees will anticipate what he's doing. So Bogdanovich has got a decent rep on a good team, and he's putting the ball on the floor. So obviously he's able to score that way. If he doesn't score, the chances of getting to the free throw line are much better, and you want him at the free throw line. It's like free points because he's a really good free throw shooter. So one of the things that we've seen in this last, what would you say, I don't know, last quarter of the season maybe, is to see him do some other things, which I think is really going to benefit himself individually and the team when we get to the postseason. Yeah, is it too simple? Because some of those things that he tried, you you touched on there, where he had turned the ball over at an extremely high rate. It seemed like every time he didn't shoot, he was passing it to the other team there for a stretch of games recently. And I'm obviously exaggerating, but that's how it felt. But then when you see him do something like he did on Saturday where he gets his points, gets his shots, and still dishes more assists than turnovers, 
then that's exactly what you need out of Boyan Bogdanovich. So is it too simple to say that it's just now that without Donley or Donley, we'll call them Donley, without Donovan and Conley, <laughs> without Donley, the duo there, is it him getting 22 shots instead of 18 shots? Is it really that much of a difference that he's getting? And maybe it's the fact that he's getting those shots sooner to start a game and that makes a difference for him. I don't know. Or maybe he's just turned a corner finally where he's got over some kind of mental block that he was dealing with. I'm not sure. I think that I think it's more the latter is that he's feeling more comfortable. Certainly he's getting more opportunities. He knows now for the Jazz to win with this lineup, he's going to have to be the primary scorer, right? Because yeah. you're losing your best scorer and you're losing a very very good complementary player in uh Mike uh what would be Monley, I guess. Okay. Uh, we <laughs> <laughs> so. well, but is there concern inherent in that that when those guys come back that Bogdanovich might slip back into not shooting so well? No. Okay. I don't have it, no, because I think he's regained his confidence because he's been able to score in the past when those guys have been out on the floor. So I think he's regained his perimeter confidence. I love right now one of the things I saw earlier in the season – that uh, he gets the ball on either corner, right? And he's in either corner, and somebody comes flying at him, and he just does a little, just a baby fake, basically. And then, and the defender just goes, practically goes in the tunnel. <laughs> and then he slides steps and just has a wide-open three. It's slick. And I expect yeah. him to make that just about every time. I mean, I'm, I'm talking 75% of the time I expect that ball to go in. I expect it to go in every time. But it's probably going to go in at such a high level because he's wide open. He can take his time. He's a great shooter. So that has been restored. Plus, he's got confidence now. He should anyway, and I believe he does, to take the ball to the basket. And when we get in the postseason, nobody cares who's scoring what. All you're caring about is finding a way in each individual series to get to four before the other team does. And that's all that matters. You, you, all these guys are getting obscene money. You've gotten glory, uh, everything. And, and you got. And the good thing about it is Bogdanovich is an older player, so he's not looking for claim or a fame of uh, any any form of fame. None of that stuff. Doesn't matter. He just wants to win. And if you listen to him on the walk off interview that he did uh, last uh, Saturday, he said, I, "I want these guys back." Yeah. So he wants him back as much as in it because it's so at this point now in his individual career, he's made a ton of money. It's about winning. And if he can find a win a title, then that will really just cap off everything. So mentioning that that unless the last thing we'll touch on in this segment. Given health, which we all we all see the problems that uh, appear for the Jazz when they are missing Donley, as as I dubbed them earlier, or someone <laughs> else of that of that ilk. Given that, let's say they start the postseason fully healthy, what does Patrick Kinahan believe is the one thing standing between the Jazz and winning the West and possibly the whole thing this year? A team-wide shooting slump. You, you got me? We've got health, right? Yeah, you got health. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. So the shooters can't make threes. Other than that, wow. if they've got their health – I believe they're right there. I don't know that they're going to win it. And I, the way I look at it is get to the conference final and win that. I don't worry about winning the title. 
because you let the let the Eastern Conference take care of itself. Mm-hmm. If you can't get to the finals, no worried, no need to worry about winning it. Yep. So A get to the conference final, B once you're there, win it, right? And as I look at it right now, and it's crazy, man, because it's so competitive. You know, teams that you're expecting to do well, they're slumping. We just t- touched on the Lakers. Teams that you thought would go down, the Nuggets, they've only won 9 out of 10 without Jamal Murray. And on Saturday night, they beat the Clippers, who had Kawhi Leonard back and had Paul, Paul George had a terrible shooting game. Uh, and But did they still won. You know, when you got a just a magnificent talent like the Yoke Man, I like to call him Jokic. <laughs> I mean, you're you got a shot, so uh, I can't bury them. And the Suns, the Suns are such a great mystery. What a phenomenal out of the blue regular season. If I would have told you that with three weeks to go in a season, the Jazz were number two, you would say okay. In fact, that's what I picked, and I said that. Earlier in our preseason predictions with DJ, sure. if they play to the level of their capability, they can get the two seed. Now, did I expect the Suns to get the number one seed? Absolutely not, I believe man. you said the Wolves. This is so out didn't of the you? blue. Didn't you say Minnesota the, would have the, the one seed? Uh, Am I maybe misremembering? The, I, I think the Twins <laughs> with sweet music Frankie Viola and Ken, Ken Herbeck and, <laughs> yeah. and uh, Kirby, Puckett Kirby Puckett and Dan Gladden. And Jack Morris throwing 17 innings. Yeah. Yeah, and who was uh, who was the third baseman they had? They had a third baseman. What Coomer? Was no. Uh, no, I don't it was remember. It with a G. Gag with the G. So Gradkowski. Nope, I don't remember. Like Gagney or something like that. Yeah. So I believe the the Lakers the Jazz probably, yeah. finishing second. Uh, probably the Lakers. All things being considered, although I still think the Clippers are going to be a threat. Mm-hmm. But the Suns, the point I'm making, the Suns, just no way. Get out of town. Yet here they are. That's a great, great story. If you like it to where you can build to the draft and make one acquisition of an aging point guard and away you go, yeah. I mean, you, you, who who likes it when, oh, let's see, Durant goes to the Warriors or LeBron and Anthony Davis go there and Davis weasels his way there hmm. and now Durant goes to Brooklyn nobody really likes that well I get it you want the Jazz to win but if you don't if the Jazz don't win man I would think you would look at the Suns because they're doing things they finally got it together and here we are that's a great great story so it makes for an interesting race but I still believe if the Jazz are healthy and guys are playing the way they're capable of making their threes they're going to be a tough out so you say a team-wide shooting slump. I would uh, agree with that, but I also think that maybe my one thing that I put in there is when Gobert is on that bench, the defense is like nowhere near the league average. Just yeah, get, just get okay. Do? Just get okay on defense without Gobert. Just okay. You don't have to be. You don't have to be great. You, if you even just match baskets while Gobert is on the bench, then that's an improvement over giving up 14 points. You know what I'm saying? But he is the great uh, zit cream. He <laughs> covers up every freaking blemish, man. He's a coverall. I got you. Yeah. Instead of, uh, yeah, when I was a kid, man, I used to buy Clearasil by the case. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Huh. I had to allow 15 minutes extra in the bathroom every morning. Gross. Uh, so <laughs> and that was, that was before you put the acne stuff on. Yeah, yeah I'm with you. So... <laughs> it, there's going to be a drop-off. I mean, 
what what sure, else would you no, expect? But that the the chasm. I I expect yeah, a but, drop off, but a huge no, no, chasm. Okay, but you got to look at the way this team was constructed. We've got the ultimate defender, right? How can we go about finding ways to win basketball games? Well, let's see. We've been on the forefront of the three-point shooting, right? So let's get as many great, well above average three-point shooters and pay them pretty doggone good money. All right, so who's left? What? George Niang is in the rotation on a great team. Why? Because if you leave him open, it's going down. Yeah, yeah. Now you want him to be... Name your star wing defender. Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen, you want him to be that too? Well, actually, that's, uh, George has really improved his defensive game as well. I'm, I'm talking yeah. more specifically about a guy that we all love and respect that's making $9 million as a backup center, and he looks like he's not all the way 100% in Derek Favors. The big drop-off when Gobert comes out and Favors goes in on defense okay. has been eye-opening to me. But if, if there was not much of a drop-off – Favors would be starting for the Warriors. So you're saying it's more that Gobert is that is that great that no matter who comes in in that second rotation, it's going to be as big of a chasm as we're seeing. Well, with a salary cap deal, are you going to find a backup center better than Derek Favors? Who you got? If you're looking for a defensive guy, you know, if you want to go the five out, you got me. You know, put in uh, Ilyasova, for that matter. Obviously, he's a better three-point shooter <laughs> yeah. than Derek has ever been. Right? We understand that. Uh, there was a guy that played for the Raptors over the weekend. Uh, it was a Chug. What's his last? What's his uh, name? He got he got waived by the Magic. Uh, Birch. Thank you, Brian. Birch came in. Uh, got waived by the Mav- Maver or the Magic. The Raptors picked him up for well, essentially nothing. And if he was, he was John Birch, was, I might consider it. <laughs> he was balling on Saturday against Derek Favors. Uh, what are you going to do? I mean, you're going to put in somebody, uh, bring in somebody. I mean, they, they don't want to mess with the chemistry here. It's been sensational. So I get it. You, you, you can't have studs all every position. And Favors, you know, he's somewhat limited in his, his body hasn't been the most cooperative, and he's not necessarily the right. high flyer. Right. But when you're looking for a backup center, I'm not sure, especially somebody who wants to be here and knows the system, when you tell Favors, Derek, we need you to do this, he just nods and says yes because he already knows it. Especially, he's been doing it in this uh, this team for years. Especially in a postseason series. That's where I'll give that to you, PK, is when you get into a seven-game series – you will not see a better backup center in the playoffs than Derek Favors. You're not going to see anything better than that in the postseason. Where we disagree is what he's been doing in the regular season. Maybe he's saving it. I don't know. I'm just saying you said the one thing standing between the Jazz and winning the West is a team-wide shooting slump, and if I can't copy you, I might look at that defense when Gobert's on the bench. That's all. I don't mean to pick on just Favors, but it's there's a big, huge chasm between what they get with and without Gobert, and that is in a large part because Gobert is so great. But you got to be okay even when yeah, he's but, getting I mean, a breath. That, that, that's like going from the morning show to the midday show. It's not <laughs> fair for those guys. I figure they're listening. Just kidding. <laughs> I don't know if they listen to this show. I don't know. 
Actually, I know Hans does. I'm just kidding, Scotty. <laughs> All right. Uh, we'll, be, uh, we'll be back on the other side. We'll take our first break. It is the big show. He's PK. I'm Austin Horton. Uh, make sure you make note of what uh, PK just said about that thing standing between the Jazz and the Western Conference because in just a few minutes, you may or may not have a shot to win some tickets to tonight's game. More of the big show up next. This is DJ and PK. Aaron Roderick, BYU football offensive coordinator. Do you see more NFL talent on the BYU roster and a chance to back it up? Yeah, we've got a lot of good players. The message to our team and specifically that I've been talking to our offense about is, okay, we lost all these good players. Now everybody thinks we're going to suck. That the challenge to our current players is what are they going to do? Are we going to show up and play or are we going to go back to being 7-6 and six again? I like the raw material that we have to work with right now. Opportunities usually come from winning a lot of games, and that's what I want our team focused on right now is win games and then the cream will rise to the top and that's how guys get chances at the next level. Catch DJ and PK mornings from 6 till 10 on 97.5 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Do you currently use a CPAP machine to treat sleep apnea? Are you looking for a smaller, more comfortable
one or visit syringanetworks.net. Ring the 30-point belt. Jazz get a hard-earned win against the Toronto Raptors on Saturday. 106-102. David Locke, Ron Boone on the call. Here's how it sounded. Clarkson gets a switch to Watanabe. Watanabe forcing him hard to his left hand. Clarkson tries to spin back to his right, beats him to the rack, and packs it! Oh, Jordan Clarkson! Wow! Clarkson driving, cut off, hands to go back, packed it! Packed it with a little zest! Bogdanovich off a pin down, catch and shoot three. Yes, sir, bogey! 34 for Boyan Bogdanovich tonight. Jordan, hard drive, right side to the basket, fades, shoots, misses. Gobert diving to the basket, tipped it up and in. Rudy Gobert, a full-out dive, tipped it up and in. Jazz got the Spurs tonight, 7 o'clock pregame, 8 o'clock tip. The Jazz updates every bottom of each hour brought to you by Syringa, working from home or with a hybrid workforce. Get a powerful IT partner, Syringa Networks. Call 385-420-7081 or visit syringanetworks.net. If you know what PK said was the one thing standing between the Jazz and winning the West, 855-340-ZONE, first person with that correct answer, gets four tickets to tonight's game. Utah's highest rated, most listened to sports radio afternoon show. I grind every day just so I can live a better life. This is The Big Show, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Are you going to take me home tonight? Big show brought to you by Big O Tires. Band of the Day brought to you by Live Nation Concerts. It's Queen. Buy concert tickets and get the latest tour news and artist insight at LiveNation.com. Once again, if you know what PK said, is the one thing standing between the Jazz and winning the West... 855-340-ZONE. First caller with that correct answer, Brian Priest, will give you four tickets to tonight's Jazz game against the Spurs. PK, uh, let's talk briefly. I went so – I waxed poetic in that first segment. I apologize. We've got just a few minutes here. But BYU with a great uh, return on investment in the NFL draft over the weekend. Everyone, of course, knew and saw about Zach Wilson going two overall to the Jets. Brady Christensen, I thought, slid further than he should have. I think he was a steal uh, in that uh, where he, where he got drafted, but the but BYU with their best draft and free agent signing class since what was it 2002? What were your takeaways from a weekend that Cougars all went pro? Well, they had a good team, and that team you referenced is the 2001 season, and when they're 12 and two, and they had five guys drafted, and obviously others on a free agent deal, and so this is what it what happens. You have a good team. NFL is going to come for your guys. We've seen it here in Salt Lake with the Utes for many, many years, right? I mean, where they draft nine guys there uh, last, uh, not this last, not the, uh, yeah, last year. I mean, they were just so good. And so, hey, that's what we expected. You could argue you would have thought some guys would have gone higher, but nevertheless, you went. 
And the other guy's still get an opportunity. You can be plenty of free agents who make rosters and end up in Pro Bowls and all that stuff. So, yeah, good for those guys. It's what they work for. So five guys selected, seven more signed free agent deals. Yeah. Uh, I, I thought uh, Kairos Tonga, I was surprised he wasn't drafted till the seventh round, but like you said, he's there. Of all those BYU Cougars that, that uh, went to the NFL over the weekend, who do you think has the best shot at a longest, best career at this next level? Zach Wilson. Really? Because I'd go with uh, Brady Brady Christensen myself. Tell me why Zach. Because I think that he's a star in the making. Wow. I think he has everything he needs. Look at the way he handled himself. All this attention coming his way. His mother out there, out in front. He just rolls with it, handles it. Somebody, they brought up his mother on some interviews he did. Yeah. And, you know, who cares about that stuff? But the way the point I'm making is the way he handles it. I mean, people say, well, he's going to go to New York and New Jersey there, and they're hard on guys. Sure, sure they are. But if you win, man, you're also the toast of the town. That's my fear is he, he might be great, but he may not have anything around him to be able to capitalize on being great. Kind of like I, Mahomes in the Super Bowl. It was like one guy against 11. Yeah, but I have no idea what the Jets are going to be like in five years. True. Yeah, so, no one does. Yeah, I, I mean, I can't say that. Uh, I, I've been following this kid for many years, uh, so I think he has an opportunity to be really good. I also like Matt Bushman. Okay. I think Bushman, clearly, if he would have been healthy and not had a major injury, was going to be uh, very, very good, and he would have been drafted. And we had on Aaron Roderick this morning, the offensive coordinator, and of BYU, and he shared with us that John Gruden was Chad Lewis's tight end coach with the Eagles, so he's his position coach. Well, for folks that don't know, Matt Bushman married Chad Lewis's daughter, so that's his son-in-law. So there had to have been some kind of connection there, uh, and Chad Lewis obviously was a very good player, and you're going to get his opinion and all that. And Aaron was saying that when Gruden – was uh, earlier with the Raiders. He had drafted Doug Jolly. And BYU, you know, they've been known for having a lot of good tight ends. In fact, usually when they have good seasons, they have good tight ends. Uh, and that's, that's a fact. And so those tight ends, it's like if you're if you're a good tight end at BYU, you're probably an NFL, NFL player. Just like, you know, I could spread it out to Utah. If you're a good defensive player or running back, or offensive line, you're probably an NFL player. And by good, I'm talking about high, high level, all conference type players. BYU can't get all conference right now, obviously, but and we've been no, they've been known for putting a number of tight ends into the league. So Bushman, who went undrafted, but I think that was uh, circumstantial uh, because of the injury, and he didn't get out on the field this past season. So I think he has an opportunity to stick. And then the other guys, man, you, you don't didn't Dax Mill. Am I going to doubt him? I doubted him every step of the way. Why wouldn't I doubt him now? <laughs> and he's overcome all that doubt. So who's to say he can't do it, right? We'll have to see how it works out. Uh, what the, the, the great thing about it is they all got shots. Yeah, and, and, and I think a guy like Brady Christensen may have the best shot just okay, being fine. an offensive line guy. Just numbers, just how things work in the NFL. You, you might have a longer – Shot, you might stick well. around longer at that position. Okay, yeah. yeah. I mean, obviously, you need offensive linemen. You need guys who know what they're doing. Even if they're not starting, they've got to be smart and they've got to be ready to go. 
if uh, if and when they get that opportunity, the opportunity is probably going to come at some point if you're on a roster for more than a couple of years and you're drafted. What round did he go in again? To refresh my memory. Uh, Brady Christian, I think the third, second, second round. No, third round. Third no, round. He didn't go yeah. second. I know third he round. Didn't go second. Third round. Uh, that's right. Uh, Early Carolina. Third. Yep. Fiftieth well, pick, I think. With uh, Sam Darnold, uh, we'll see. Yeah, was that what he was? He was the wouldn't have been the fiftieth. That would have been second round, right? So what? Yeah, that's that's why you. It was third uh, round. I I'll have to check it for sure. What what pick he was? But it was, was the third the round. Seventieth pick. Seventieth. That makes sense. Uh, and that guy was what was he a one or two star coming out of high school? Yeah. Yep. And stayed local because that was where he got the attention. <laughs> no one else was really interested. And then he sure proved a lot of people wrong that should have been interested. And yeah. he leaves early and. That, that's rare to see a guy leave early, especially when he comes out of high school and nobody, essentially. That's pretty cool. It was a good weekend for BYU. And I know Ute fans are all upset about it, but look, you've, Utah fans have had their NFL celebrations for years and years and years. BYU had a good weekend, and you got to tip your cap and, and think it's pretty cool for a program that decided to play when most of the country, including Utah's conference, said, no, we're not going to play. Yeah, and then they ended up had playing. No choice in that. And sure. That, that was a disaster. I think what you're trying to say here, Austin, is that it was obvious if BYU would have played Utah this past season, BYU would have won. I think that's where you're going with this. I think that that's uh, what I uh, heard on Lockdown Cougars recently. Uh, but I, I could be mistaken about that. No, it's clear that's what you're saying. I get it. <laughs> I understand what you're saying. I'm with you on that. If you if you want to believe that they would have won, they would have beat the Utes and end the <laughs> nine game winning streak. I'm okay I, with that. I found it Good really for you. I found it really funny on either Wednesday or Thursday uh, that Utah decided to release all of their NFL guys that are currently playing in the NFL at the same time BYU released all of their eventual NFL guys. Uh, the rivalry is undefeated. That's what's undefeated, man. Is it never goes to sleep. It is never. And it's never tired either. There's always someone out there who's ready with something to throw back at the other side. Well, this rivalry is better than ever because of the fact that they're no longer in the same conference and they don't even necessarily play each other every year. We found out that the Utes are playing Wisconsin in, what, 28 and 33. They released that news early this morning, and that's great news. My thing is, Utah, you want to be big and you are big. Go ahead and play BYU in the same year that you play Wisconsin. Uh, you want to be SC? SC does it. No reason why you can't. And they don't. They don't hold a backseat to anybody when it comes uh, to the NFL and the Pac-12. Yeah. I mean, they're still right there, second or third in the conference, and they didn't have anybody drafted this year because they had all the guys drafted last year, mm-hmm. and then the guys who could have been draft eligible or were draft eligible decided they wanted to come back. Yeah. Because they didn't really get a season in 2020, and that's great. And for whatever reason, the kids at Utah love being at Utah. Hardly anybody leaves early there's been a few alex smith uh marcus uh williams and then uh who was the cornerback uh jalen johnson johnson yeah i knew i was gonna say josh johnson but i knew that wasn't it and uh he and he called it as a freshman he told dj and i after practice one day i remember i won't play three years i'm gonna get a degree and i'm gonna go to the nfl (laughs) way to go son because you called it and you did all three of those uh you started right as a freshman you got your degree and you went to the nfl and you started your first year so the fact that they had nobody drafted i mean they don't they don't need to apologize for anybody they'll have a bunch of guys that's in depending on the position not quarterback but depending on the position they are basically an nfl factory now 
Mother's Day is May 9th. That's this Sunday. Get the best blanket ever. Also, the best gift ever for Mother's Day. Sandy and her staff, they do it right every year. They're doing it again. For our listeners, helping you get it right for Mother's Day, get 50% off right now when you mention Zone 50 at a store near you or online at minkykitsur.com. Promo code Zone 50, 50% off for Mother's Day from Minky Couture. More next here on The Big Show on the other side, right here on The Zone. Sports Network is Utah's number one choice for sports radio in Utah. From DJ and PK to Hanson Scotty and the Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott, the zone continues to dominate the competition. Thank you to all of you that continue to make the Zone Sports Network Utah's highest rated, most listened to sports station. Your home for the best coverage of the teams you're passionate about is right here. 97.5, 1280 The Zone and the Zone Sports Network. Everyone is talking about the crazy Utah real estate market. What they should be talking about is the historically low mortgage rates from Golden West Credit Union. Whether you're buying, building, or refinancing, the mortgage experts at your local Golden West branch will find the perfect loan for your needs. 